Well, good morning, Victory Live Church. So excited to be with you this morning. My name is Aaron Moore. I'm the student pastor here at the church. And I just want to take a quick moment uh, to thank you for coming to church this morning and being with us. Really believe in uh, for God to do something amazing this morning. I hope you're expecting that you're ready for the Holy Spirit to move in this house. But I also want to take a second uh, to give a shout out to a specific group in this room, and that's our first time guest. Come on, can we give it up for our first time guest in this place? Hey, I just want to thank you so much for being here this morning, taking time out of your Sunday to check out Victory Life Church. We don't take that lightly, and uh, we want to get to know you, whether you're here in person or online. We'd love to get to know you, and for you to get to know us, and the best way to do that is to fill out the uh, Guest Connect card on the back of the seat in front of you. Fill that out. Take that to the Welcome Center after church is over, and we would love to meet you and put a gift in your hand as well. If you're online with us, you can go on our website at vlchurch.com, hit the New Here tab. You'll fill out information as well, but would just love to walk this journey with you uh, together. Well, I have one announcement for us this morning, and that's baptisms. We have baptisms coming up. Baptisms are so special. It's one of my favorite Sundays uh, of the year, and we get to do it uh, so often, and it excites me, really, because we get to see people in our congregation take that next step in their faith journey of saying, hey, I'm living for Jesus. I'm living my life for Jesus in full devotion. And, and not only that, but I'm signifying to others that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And Jesus exemplified this as he was baptized as well. And so we believe it's important in that next step in your faith. And if you say, Aaron, that's me. I need to get baptized. I'd love for you to jump on uh, vlchurch.com and, and hit the uh, baptism banner to get signed up because it's important. It's exciting. We'd love to see you there, your family there to celebrate this moment together. And so, again, November 6th, get ready. It's going to be an amazing, amazing Sunday. Well, that's all the announcements I have for you this morning. If you came to church this morning to worship the Lord with your tithes and your offerings, you can do so in a few different ways. You can text to give. You can give online at vlchurch.com, and you can also give on the way out as well. But speaking of worship, uh, we just want to uh, stand on our feet this morning. So can you stand with me this morning as we get ready to worship? Bow your heads, and AJ's going to pray us out right now. God, we're here to worship you. We know that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. But the best gift of all, Lord, is the fact that we are free people. We are redeemed people. We are saved. We are no longer bound by any chains this morning. It's the greatest gift that you gave was your son, Jesus, to free us of any brokenness, of any shackle that would hold us down. So today, Lord, we're going to rejoice in who you are. We're going to sing praise unto your name, and we will not be quiet. We are going to praise the name of the Lord and give you blessing and honor in this place because you are due all the worship that we have to give. Let's just worship him now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Here we go. There's an echoing in the spirit. If you listen closely, you'll hear it. Oh, what a sound is broken, shackles hit the floor. There's a symphony in the making. There is freedom here for the taking. Oh, what a sound is broken, people are restored. 
about giving honor to him. What we do on a Sunday morning is come to give glory to the one who saved us. Now, when we do that, he gives out so much more. We can't give enough. 
But this morning, we're going to call upon the fount of every blessing. We're going to ask that he would tune our hearts to sing his praise. That streams of mercy never ceasing would echo songs of loudest praise to him this morning. That's our desire. We're going to pour out worship and praise on him because he is worthy. And as we do that and we call upon him in this place, then we're going to offer him something. We're going to say, I surrender, Lord, because you gave it all. I'm going to give my greatest gift that I can give you, which is my life, in surrender. Because this morning we are going to participate in Holy Communion. When we worship him for who he is and then offer ourselves in surrender, we prepare our hearts for intimacy with him. And that's what communion's all about, intimacy with our creator. So this morning I've told you where we're going. I pray that you'll go with us because God wants to do something in your life today. So let's sing this morning, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here's salvation. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free now my soul can sing a new song now my heart has found a home now your grace is always with me and i'll Thy goodness 
like a better bind my wandering heart to thee oh prone to wonder lord i feel it prone to leave the god i love here's my heart lord take and seal it seal it
Lord Jesus, you are so holy, so not like us, so set apart, so full of love and forgiveness that the very men who nailed your hands to a cross, you said of them, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The very disciples who abandoned you, you called back into your service. And each one of us, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Lord, you are holy. You're not like us. You are so good, so merciful, so graceful. Oh, Lord, we are grateful for your grace and mercy today. We recognize that you are not like us. You're a friend that sticks closer to a brother, but you are a holy and awesome God. Lord, we revel in your holiness today. And thank you that you are not like us. For if you were like us, we would not have eternal life. But since you are holy, we have that today by your blood. We honor and praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask at this time that our servers come to prepare to offer you communion this morning. We are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper in this place. And I want to read to you from the book of 1 Corinthians today, chapter 11, and encourage you at this time. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink or eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But here's an admonition from the Apostle Paul. Whoever, therefore, eats of this bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Therefore, let a person examine himself and then eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That's the admonition today. Today I want to reiterate to you what AJ spoke to us just a moment again. This is Holy Communion. It's not holy because of the elements themselves. It's holy because of what Christ has done in our hearts and what he has purchased through us with his blood. I want to encourage you today before you come, or I should say as you come, to examine yourself as the Apostle Paul encouraged. To remind yourself that Jesus did incredible things to bring you into relationship with him. And if there is anything Sin, an attitude, a lifestyle that is not honoring to Christ, today is the day to confess it and to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. You bought forgiveness with this blood. You gave your life for me. I give my life back to you. And so today I'm going to invite you in just a moment to come and receive the elements, but as you do and as you return to your seat and wait to pray together to take them together, I encourage you to examine yourself, to ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything that stands between you and I this morning? You went to great lengths to bring me into relationship with you. 
what might I need to do today to come back into relationship with you? That's the charge today as we take communion. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to step out into the center aisle and come down that aisle and receive the elements from our servers today. Return to your seats through the side aisle, and then we'll pray over the elements together and take communion together. If you are not physically able to come at this time, we understand that and would like to make provision for that. I would just invite you when the time that people are coming begins, just to raise a hand shoulder height and say, hey, would you please come and serve me communion this morning? And our servers will come to you. But for the next few moments, let's make this place a house of prayer as we examine ourselves before partaking in the Lord's Supper. You may stand and will you come and receive the elements. Is there anyone today who has not been served will come to you?
What an apropos song to sing today, I Surrender All. For before we eat of this bread today, we recognize that Christ surrendered all. Surrendered all to the will of his Father for the joy that was set before him, and that is you. That is me. We were the joy set before Christ. He gave his earthly life completely and utterly unto the will of the Father for us. What a blessing. Let's pray over this bread today. Heavenly Father, we do surrender to you the way Jesus did because we belong to him and therefore we belong to you. Lord, we surrender our lives to you today out of fidelity to our Savior. Lord, we surrender that sinful nature that causes us to doubt your word and to insert a series of our own ethics and morals which are not of you. We confess today that we've used our lives for ways that do not honor you. But Lord, we thank you today that you gave your life for us that we might leave a kingdom of darkness and come into communion with our Father who is in heaven. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being the second Adam, for giving your life in perfect submission to your Father so that, Lord, we could claim the benefits of the life you lived. We claim them today, and we thank you that you lived your life unto the Father for the salvation of souls. Let us eat together. And Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your blood. It signifies to us a righteousness that is not our own. One that is imparted by you. The perfect, sinless sacrifice of the Son of God. The perfect, sinless sacrifice of the Son of God for wayward human beings. Lord Jesus, we thank you as Peter says, that we have been brought near by this blood. That you see us now as whole and clean because of this blood. Lord, we need not be ashamed in the presence of our Father because of the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for making it so. Let us drink together. Jesus, we are so blessed to be called by your name. And I pray that today we would be brought into complete surrender to you, recognizing, Lord, the great love with which you have loved us. Let's sing that chorus one more time, I Surrender All. And I surrender all. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Last time, 
Let it be so, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, worship team, for giving us such a sumptuous feast of worship this morning unto our King. If you are sitting there with a cup in your hand, I have great news for you. The seat in front of you has thought of you. There's a little, little cup holder right up there that you may place that in, and our Sanctuary team will come and pick that up between services so that you are not, as uh, my father would say, encumbered with it through the rest of the service. So you can drop those in. And then children, you may be dismissed at this time for young disciples. (laughs) I know what you're doing today. (laughs) I wish I was doing it. Anyhow, um, they're going to, thanks Ben, they're going to have a good time. Uh, with young disciples. I know the passage that they're teaching on, and I saw the pile of leaves that they'll be jumping in. So uh, I'm excited for them. Also excited for you, we have a tremendous passage to work through today. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to turn uh, in them to Matthew chapter 13. Very excited to report to you all the wonderful things that are happening with Pray and Go. We are getting so many reports of people who had tremendous interactions when they were out on the field praying for people, and uh, you know, it's just been such a blessing. We do now have 110 folks who are doing Pray and Go. We have 37 teams that are going out into the community and praying for homes, praying for people. The encounters that folks are having are incredible. We even have adopted a cat. Thank you, Pray and Go. Pray and Go Sally is now part of the Victory Life Church congregation. Uh, You do not need to adopt a cat when you go out on Pray and Go, but sometimes people do wild things. So anyhow, uh, we're excited about what God's doing, and uh, if if you signed up for Pray and Go, you didn't get the text this week, you are in the last round of the first round, so you're going to go ahead and get a text this week. If you have been on the fence about going with Pray and Go, you can still be a part of it, because we're doing it for the long haul, and so you can see our Pray and Go table on your way out today. And we're excited that we're out there shining our light into the lives of people. It's been a real blessing. I am excited the leaf truck is coming this week. Is anybody else's leaf truck coming? I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped about it on a number of levels, not because I'm fastidious about the way my yard looks, but because I was not the one to put the leaves on the curb. My kids were. Yes. Indeed, I have entered the phase of life where I can send my children to do a task, and it's completed. To my satisfaction, without me needing to intervene 12 times. God bless them. So I did the backyard the other day. The backyard's too tough. Lots of things to bring around, real small spaces to bring around. I did the backyard. I said, the side yard and the front yard is yours. Now, I have taught, and I have prodded, and I have pleaded, and I have yelled for years. You have to get around the bushes. You must make sure you get behind the air conditioning unit. I don't want to come out here and see two rows of leaves that have been, that been, been brought to the curb, but then you tell me you're tired and that you needed a break. No, no, no breaks. There is no break. There is no break until every leaf is on the curb. 
Now, the horrible thing I did to my kids, and one of them's in here, so God bless you, is that I sent them out three days ago, in which case they looked at me and said, Dad, do you realize it's the windiest day of the year? <laughs> and I said, no. Uh, but they did a wonderful job. They did a marvelous job, but the truth of the matter is uh, we have work to do this afternoon as well in the yard. And so in the pastor's family, your day of rest is on Sundays, so <laughs> what are you going to do? Anyhow... It's neat because it used to be when I'd send my kids to do a task, it was like, I'm going to have to be with them the whole time, show them the pitfalls, explain to them, cleaning up the toy room is not putting the toys on the couch, off the floor, as if that means anything to me. You need to put them away in the right place. You need to, you need to not uh, just do half of it. You need to, to do it all the way through. And, and, and we're getting to the point with the older ones. They understand the expectations. They understand they're going to have to work hard. And they understand the goal of, of, of the job at hand. And that's really, really exciting. And that expectation being met, that hard work being done, that goal being achieved is something that brings joy to my heart, and then I can praise them, and that brings joy to their heart. My, my, my heart is, is blessed because the job is getting done. Their heart is blessed because they're getting affirmation and praise from their father. Good job, well done, my good and faithful children. Enter your switch time, all right? And so, we have this incredible parable to look at today in the book of Matthew, one that you have probably looked at before. Uh, depending on who is writing your Bible, or not writing, but editing your Bible, uh, the question is, is it the parable of the seed or is it the parable of the sower? But it's a really important parable to get our hearts and minds wrapped around because it speaks to the nature of salvation, people coming into the faith, people uh, being impacted by the word of the kingdom. And we've been talking for the past nine weeks about the gospel, sharing the gospel, being a light into the community, being a light into our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our schools. But today we're going to see some things that Jesus says about the nature of the word going out that are incredibly important. And there's so much depth here that it's tough to do what they taught me to do in preaching class, which is to give you one point. Just give them one big thing. Well, there's so many big things, I don't know that it's fair to give you one big thing, so let's just do two this morning. I'm going to telegraph where we're headed, and it's this. Jesus is letting us know that we will bear fruit and that we ought to bear fruit. Okay, That's what Jesus is getting at. The climax of the story, this parable, is that it, we, we, we will bear fruit, but that we also ought to bear fruit. And I want to talk about that as it relates to the nature of salvation. It relates to the nature of evangelism. So this is one of the parables where Jesus says it, and nobody knows what he's talking about. So then he goes back and he explains it so that they do know what he's talking about. So we're going to read the first part where nobody knows what he's talking about. We're going to comment upon that. And then we're going to read the second part where he explains what he's talking about. And see the depth and riches of this parable of the kingdom, which brings us to the concept of we will bear fruit and we ought to bear fruit. So we're in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1, all the way through 9. We'll take a break and then we'll pick back up. It says this, that same day, can you remember that? Will you remember that for about 20 minutes from now? That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat down. The whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. 
But since they had no depth of soil, the sun rose and they were scorched. And since they had no root, they were withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, if you and I had been sitting on the beach that day, you want to know what we have been doing at the end of that parable? We would have had this look on our face. Because there is no explanation. What is the seed? What is the sower? What is the soil? What's going on here? And then Jesus says, he to have ears, let him hear. And if you listen to talk radio, uh, I listen to sports talk radio all the time. You know how they give you the hook right at the end so you'll keep listening through the commercial? Right? Like, and next we'll tell you why that this quarterbacking situation is the worst in the history of humanity. And you're like, I guess I'll listen through the commercials about my roof falling in to get to that, right? Well, Jesus kind of gives them this statement. He who has ears, let him hear. If you want to understand, stick with me. All right? If you really want to understand, stick with me. If you got ears, you're going to hear it. If you don't have ears, you're not going to hear it. So there's this aside with the disciples. We're not going to read it for the sake of time today. But, but, but they say, Jesus, why are you speaking in parables? This seems a bit enigmatic. And he kind of explains that there's people who are going to want to hear. There's people who are going to not want to hear. There's people who are going to be able to hear and people who are not able to hear. And Jesus is, is trying to put the cookies down on the shelf where people are going to reach them. But at the same time, if people have no interest in anything that he's having to talk about, the parables will get them to a point where they're like, I'm out. I'm out. I have no desire to understand this further. I have no desire to hear any of this further. That's just, that's just gibberish. I'm not interested. All right? So it kind of does some separating. Jesus is giving them the opportunity to continue to listen, to make it a habit of wanting to understand. And if they stick around long enough, he's going to explain this parable with great depth, and that's what he does beginning in verse 18. He says, hear then, isn't that interesting? He's picking it back up. Hear then, now it's time for comprehension, the parable of the sower. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what is sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution, or persecution say that, arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for one, as for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one, catch this, who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So Jesus goes ahead and explains the parable to the, the gentlemen or the folks that are in his inner circle, but also the folks on the beach who have stayed long enough to hear the rest of the parable. He goes ahead and, and says, you can hear it and you can understand it if you desire to hear it and understand it. So we have three main actors, if you will, and they're not all persons, but actors in this parable. We have the sower and the soil and we have the seed. And that's not the way I'm going to structure my sermon. I'm just going to structure it very simply, first by talking to those of you who see yourselves as sowers and for those of us who need to see ourselves as seed because, uh, you know, let's just go ahead and get it out there. I believe we're both. But I do believe the sower is us as well as Christ. Later on in this exact same chapter, Jesus tells the parable of the weeds and he says, I am the sower. 
He says, I am the sower in this particular parable. He doesn't identify himself this way in this parable. He doesn't tell us who the sower is. And insofar as he is the light of the world and we are the light of the world, insofar as it is his harvest and we are also to go into and collect his harvest, there, there is no problem in seeing ourselves both as sowers and as soil. Because we go and sow at the word as he sows the word. And today he's not here to sow the word, you're here to sow the word. You are. Jesus isn't on earth to sow the word right now, you are. And therefore we are sowers, but we are also soil. We have these four types of soil, we're going to explain those in just a minute. And what is the seed? What is the seed? Very specifically, the seed is the word of the kingdom. That's the seed. All right? We have to remember, we've talked about this a few times, what Jesus' pitch was. He had not yet died for sins. Communion would have meant nothing to these people. He's not yet died for sins. He's not yet risen again, so, that, so he, he's not even talking about eternal life yet. What's the pitch? The pitch is the kingdom. The idea that the place that you're living today, the place where you create your own ethics and morals, the place where you are sinned against and you sin, the place where you are part of this whole world system that is so broken and dying and you can read in the news and see in your neighborhood and go to your workplace and see just how, 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 how sin-sick this world is, this place of darkness does not need to be the place where you live. You can enter the kingdom of God. God is trying to reestablish his reign. And the way you enter the, in the kingdom of God is to repent through Christ, to change everything you think and every action that you want to undertake and say, God, it's yours now. I don't want to be part of this sin-sick world anymore. I want to be part of your kingdom. I don't want to be part of this darkness anymore. I want to be part of this light. I'm not interested anymore in developing my own sets of ethics and morals. Those have got me nowhere. I, I, I need to repent of those, and I need to start seeking your word for my morals, my ethics, and I'm going to follow you now. And I'm not going to put my purpose in the things that the world finds purposeful. My purpose is now found in the God who created me, and I'm going to try to seek out my calling, which is the reasons he put me on this earth. That is the choice that Jesus is giving through himself when he says the word of the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. Come back to God through him, and God will welcome you into his kingdom, into his side of things. That's the pitch that Jesus is making, and we haven't even yet got to substitutionary atonement or the resurrection of the dead, two of the greatest principles of, of Christian faith that are out there. I mean, the first pitch is good enough. Come to God through Jesus. Makes a lot of sense. So that's the word that is being sown here. And so just as a side note, just, just for a moment, just for a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you license and freedom for you word sowers. You don't always hit, have to hit all of the theology of Christianity when you share the gospel. Because Jesus didn't hit all of the theology of Christianity when he shared the gospel. You don't have to. You don't have to do it all in one fell swoop, right? If you don't explain that, that, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life when you're sharing the gospel, you, you might still be sharing the gospel. If you don't explain that Christ, in Christianity we don't all become angels and, and float away on clouds, but, but that we actually believe in, in the holistic resurrection of the dead, that our body, soul, and spirit will all be redeemed, all of it and that we're going to be in a perfect body that, that, that lasts forever, and, and, and what was lost in the garden will be restored, but even better because it's restored through Christ. We don't have to explain all of that all the time to share the gospel. 
That's an aside. That's why I stepped over there. But that's what Jesus is doing. He's explaining the gospel of the kingdom without some of the key understandings of Christianity. And we can too. We eventually want to explain it all. But you don't have to do it all every single time. So here's the big question when you read this parable. Is Jesus directing this parable at the sowers or the soil? Is he directing it at, at, at the ones who are supposed to be casting the word of the kingdom? Or is he directing it at the people who are receiving the word of the kingdom? And you know what hints he gives us? Very few. Very few. He doesn't tell us who it's directed at. And you know, you know what we're allowed to do when we don't have specific direction? We can read it for all of it. And that's why I said I don't have one main point today. Because if you, if you watch the story build and you build towards the climax of the story, the climax of the story is you will bear fruit and you ought to bear fruit. For those of you who are sowing, you will bear fruit. For those of you who are soil, you ought to bear fruit. Both of these can be true of the same parable. And that's how we're going to talk about them today. We can be encouraged to be good soil, but we can also be encouraged to continue to share in spite of some seed not taking to good soil. So I want to talk to those of you who are out there sowing seed first this morning. To those of you who you are really intentionally engaged in the painful and purposeful work of shining your light in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your school, amongst your family. You are engaged in the painful and purposeful work of trying to share the word of Jesus Christ. You are praying for people. You are praying for opportunities to share your faith. You're reading your Bible and asking God for things you can share with others. You're building relationships with unchurched people, neighbors, co-workers, because you believe you have good news to give them. You're, you have a purposeful plan of evangelism. You've asked the Lord, what have you called me to do, Lord? You see yourself as an ambassador of your church because you know that when people come under the hearing of the word, God can do incredible things and you don't have to be the only one to preach to them. You are shining your light. I look at you today and say, you have not failed. You've not failed. Uh, according to the words of Jesus, you haven't failed. When you look and see that there are three negative responses to the gospel and one positive response. You have not failed. There's three problematic responses here. There's three problematic soils, path, rocks, and thorns, but you only have one good response, and that's being the good soil. And I know some of you are discouraged today, and as a pastor, I just want to encourage you because it's tough. You say, you know what, I, I'm meeting people, and I'm out there, but I'm not finding as many opportunities as I want to share. Or you've got a relative, and you say, my sister, she doesn't know Christ, and it's, it, it's painful to me, and, and every time I share, it doesn't seem to have any effect. Or I try to reach out to my neighbor and try to get them to, to, to hear the gospel, and now they're avoiding me. You know, I had somebody stop me in, in the green room over here a couple years ago and said, I shared the gospel with my friend and they cussed me out. You haven't failed. You haven't failed. It's tough, it's tough casting seeds. And some seeds are going to land along the path. People are going to feel something in their heart, but it's not going to go anywhere in their head. They're going to feel the Spirit of the Lord coming through you, but that's going to be it. So, some people are, are going to kind of people please with you and come along for a little bit, and they're going to be interested for a time. But then when they realize that the kingdom and the word puts a call on their life and trouble and persecution comes, they're going to say, I can't, I can't, I don't want that. 
I don't want that. I don't want that. And there's going to be others that are just too busy to receive the word from you and to receive anything from you regarding Christ. And I want to look at you today and I want to say, you have not failed. Keep casting seed. Because one day you're going to turn around and you're going to see 30, you're going to see 60, you're going to see 100. You're going to see the painful and purposeful work that, that, that the Lord called you to have an effect. And, and you're going to go, wow, God, I'm looking back on my life. And I can't say that I single-handedly won 100 people to Jesus. But yes, I was a part of 100 people's salvation. That can happen. And it does happen. But Jesus assumes that we'll be speaking the word. He assumes that we'll actually be talking about him. And that's an important point to make. Our speech about Christ can't be every couple of years. If that's the case, then we're not sowing seed, we're dropping seeds. And that doesn't get us very far. Remember years ago, we took out nine trees in my backyard and all this pack of Sandra so that we could have a place for our kids to play. And my good friend, who's a groundskeeper, came over and he had this big bucket of seeds and he's just going like this in the yard. And some's going onto the bricks. And some's going into the thorn bushes. And some's going all over the place, but he's casting his seed all over the place in the backyard so that he can reap a harvest and I'll have some beautiful Kentucky bluegrass in my backyard. And it came up and it's beautiful. But there was a lot of wasted seed that day because you can't walk around going plink, plink, plink and hope that anything's going to come of that. And let's be honest, most of us are plinkers. We're plinkers. We talk about our, oh, I talked about my faith with my neighbor. Plink. They looked at me weird. I'll try that again in three years. Plink. I mentioned my church going to a co-worker the other day and said if they'd ever want to join me, I'd be happy to meet them in the parking lot and walk them in. Plink, which is great. Well, they didn't take me up on it immediately. I'll wait till they have a major crisis, and then I'll share Christ with them. Plink. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we're plinkers. We're not sowers. We're plinkers. We got we to gotta, we gotta develop strategies, folks, for, for a, a wider harvest. Is that fair? There's no plinkers here, are they? Right? You're not, a, you're not a plinker. You're a sower. You're casting seed all over the place all the time. You're speaking about Christ regularly as if it's no big deal. We're plinkers. The church in America, we're plinkers. No more plinking. We got to sow seed, folks. That's who we ought to be. And if some falls along the path, we got to go, you know what? That, that doesn't shatter me to the core. It fell along the path. And if some hits the rocks, it's not going to shatter you to the core. Some hit the rocks. And if some gets choked, even after you've plinked and then you've discipled, you go, you know what, that's not going to shatter me to the core. Judas was discipled. And Judas got choked out. You know what, I didn't even realize what I was saying as I was saying it, but that's very true. Right? Judas was discipled. And Judas, Judas was choked out. So we, we have to cast seed. I was thinking about a gentleman who went on to be with Jesus last year from our church, and you, many of you will know who I'm talking about, but a lot of you will not. And uh, he used to go around, and uh, he, he'd, people would ask him how he was doing, and he'd say, I'm one day closer than I was yesterday. It's just, he who has ears, let him hear, right? 
It's just a tease. Not, not, a, not a negative tease, just a tease, just a taste. Maybe somebody would show interest in what he had to say, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, that's weird. What's the story there? But that guy would also go to the same places over and over and over again, and as he got to know people, he would say this other catchphrase, and, and he would say, well, well, God loves you, and so do I. But he meant it. And this man was constantly just casting seed wherever he went. He'd have gospel-centered conversations wherever he went. And I have to say, and I was thinking about this, I thought about this not just anecdotally, but I, I ran the numbers in my head. That gentleman is responsible for bringing more people into the church in the last 10 years than anybody else I can think of. And you say, well, well that's kind of goofy, those statements. Yeah, for you. Don't you try to appropriate them. That won't work. That won't work. That was what God gave him to do. In fact, I had another guy who tried to appropriate, and I heard him say some of those catchphrases to other people, and I just thought, well, that sounds creepy coming from you. Ugh. It didn't never sound creepy coming from him. But boy, the people who know Jesus today, because someone was casting seed, hundredfold is real. It can happen. It can really happen. It can really happen. Powerful. So how do we get there? How do we get to hundredfold? How do we become good soil? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Jesus explains it. And forgive me, I've had so much to say today, and I was just telling Pastor Aaron, I'm not, not going to get to say everything I want to say, and I'm not going to get to exposit this entire passage the way I want to exposit it. So for those of you who needed to have rocks explained to you, I'll be in the portico after the service. I just want to get to the point here for the sake of time this morning. And the point is in verse 23, and it's in direct contrast to the point that's made at the beginning of the parable. He says, as far as what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit, and it yields in one case a hundredfold, and in another sixty, and in another thirty. Now I want you to hop back for a moment, and I want to see the, you to see the difference between uh, optimal kingdom soil and the worst or, or not optimal kingdom soil. And that comes verse 19. Skip back to 19 and look, we're going to find a verb in common. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. Do you see what Jesus has done there? He's put, he's put the verb of least interaction, does not understand, that's the path, to the one who is bearing 30 and 60 and 100 fold, the one who has heard it and has understood. Okay? And I know I could be accused sometimes of making too much of language, but forgive me, this is a participle. So literally, the one who hears it and is not understanding it, and the one who hears it and is understanding it, it's a present, active participle. Just think about those words. Grammar can help us. I wish they would have taught me some in school, but here we go. Present, active participle. That means right now, actively ongoing. Those who are understanding the word are those who are bearing fruit. Those people who are not understanding the word 
are the ones that God tickles their heart, but they don't try to integrate it to their head. And so the enemy with a lie comes and snatches away any possibility of bearing fruit. So I, I'm trying not to preach out of, out of course here. I'm trying to stay right on the path that Jesus was bringing his disciples to, and it is this. Are you trying to understand and integrate Christ right now? Are you trying? Are you in the process of understanding his expectations, understanding the work he's called you to, and understanding his goals? Are you in that process today? Because it really is the difference between being choked by the thorns and producing fruit. And I can talk all about the thorns that you can get choked by, the deceitfulness of wealth, the the cares of this world. Jesus says a lot about the idol of family, even. That family, though wonderful and good, can be that which chokes you out. That same day was the day that Jesus had looked at his mothers and brothers and said, I don't have time, I have to preach the kingdom today. Jesus said no to mama because he had to preach the kingdom. And that same Jesus said, if anyone loves father, mother, son, or daughter more than me, he's not worthy of me. See, there's a lot of things that can choke us out. There's a lot of things that can get in the way of our understanding, but... but but I ask you the question today, are you, are you in the process of understanding his expectations and his goals? Are you in the process of understanding just the type of work it would take for you to really bear fruit for his kingdom? What would it take, Lord? What would you expect of me? What would I have to do? The beauty of leaf day at my house is that eventually my kids listened and did it the way I told them to do it so that I don't have to tell them anymore. They've truly understood. They've had ears to hear. And therefore the work gets done. Oh, plinkers. And I'm speaking to myself too. Oh, Matt of Plinkington. Do you really understand? the expectations of the kingdom? Do you really understand the hard work that would be necessary for more and more to be saved? Do you really understand the goals that God has for the people around you? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to understand? Do you want to understand? So let's take a time of prayer today and just wrap it around what the Lord's been speaking to us in this place. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Would you ask of the Lord today, Lord, what don't I understand? What is causing me to not sow seed as I ought? For I want to be a sower, but I also want to be good soil. So make me good soil today so I can cast seed tomorrow. What am I missing? Is it the expectation? Is it the work? Is it the call? Is it the goal? What is it?
Help me, Lord, help me. Help me to understand. I have ears to hear right now. You pray your prayer. I'll pray mine. Lord, the theme today, not intended by us, but certainly intended by you, has been to surrender, to place our lives in your hands. Oh, Lord, make of us good soil today. Continue to speak to us that we may understand all that you have called us to and that we may have much with which to sow. We pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Would you stand today? You are blessed because I realized about 10 minutes into my sermon that I'd written a three-hour sermon. So if it seems slightly disjointed today, it's because I preached 10% of it to you. But uh, I feel like God got what he wanted to get across, and I'm excited for what he has for us. As always, leave this place ready to speak of him because there's a lost and a dying world that needs to get found. God bless you.